Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Some quick thoughts today on July the 27th as we record the 36th edition, or I should say the 36th episode show of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, season number three. Getting some early reports out of training camp at Episcopal High School. They see the fields in really, really good condition over at the high school. And that's a great thing. Not much parking. It's not going to be fan friendly. I don't think any fans are there. Might be some, might be one or two sneaking in there. I'm, I'm not sure. And then I've also gotten reports from one of our guys in the Facebook group that has somebody near the field with a pair of binoculars and keeping an eye on things for us here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Some early reports uh, come, of course, I'm, I'm getting to press conferences, you know, every day, obviously, you know, after the practices. So we get info like that as well. Uh, some reports, uh, uh, coming out of training camp with the Jaguars, his training camp did start back on July the 24th. So this is um, like, what, the uh, fourth day of training camp now? We got reports coming up on recent practices. We understand that the practice on Tuesday was just tremendous by Trevor Lawrence. Some reports coming out are saying that Trevor Lawrence looks really, really good so far at quarterback uh, so far in uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars training camp. Jags burning question of the day that I put in the Facebook group, and we're going to try to get some answers from this and, you know, see what happens. We're going to have a couple of burning questions. We got one in there already that we actually wanted to talk about on the last podcast in episode show number 35, but we will we will broach this area or go over this uh, this question on this particular podcast, episode show number 36. Got two burning questions. Jag's burning question of the day. Now that training camp is underway, your favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time. Who is your favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time? You can write to me and tell me, Scott at BigJReport.com. You can write to our email, Scott at BigJReport.com. Or we've got a post in the Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group. Also, the other burning question is, and I'm going to answer it. uh, I'm going to answer this question sometime during this podcast today that we're doing. We're actually recording this particular podcast on July 27th, giving you some of my... uh, you know, some of my uh, takes and are or, or my take on this uh, July the 27th, Wednesday morning, July the 27th. Uh, the burning question of the day, who is your favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time? And the other question, how many wins will this 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars team have? Uh, we're not talking preseason here. We're talking just the 17-game regular season schedule, which is, you know, certainly a longer uh, schedule right now uh, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They the, the first 17-game regular season schedule took place last year in uh, 2021. Bear in mind the Jaguars went down the tubes to another uh Poor season of what three and fourteen, I believe it was. The year before, they won only one game. Last year, the Jaguars end up three and fourteen, so they're coming off a couple of seasons. We'll just look back at the last two seasons. They're coming off a one in fifteen season in uh, twenty twenty. 
the 1-15 season in 2020, and the 3-14 season in 2021. How many wins? I'm hearing anywhere on, you know, experts, publications, etc. Um, just guys that want to throw throw a prediction out there. I'm hearing anywhere from three wins to nine, probably. Um, so it stands to reason with the, you know, high draft picks the Jaguars have gotten the last couple of years. Trevor Lawrence, ETN, who looks like he may play significantly this year if he stays healthy. And he's not bothered by the uh, list Frank uh, injury from last year. ETN, Trevor Lawrence, your uh, first round draft picks from a year ago, moving into their second year, although ETN did not play any in the regular season due to the injury. You got a lot of high draft picks, a lot of really high draft picks on this team, but the team's really young. They're going to play a lot of first and second year uh, players, rookie players, second year players. It was some. Veterans sprinkled in there, too, with uh, some new free agents like wide receiver uh, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, among others. And uh, we'll, we're going to talk about that. going to give you our prediction of how we think the 2022 season is going to uh, kind of shake down for the Jaguars and give you our number of wins in the 17-game season here in 2022. We got that. And much more coming up right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, brought to you in part by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Great creation tools. We've been with Anchor since uh, since we started the podcast in uh, mid-January of 2020. Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Great creation tools. And we've seen many enhancements and improvements over the last couple of years with Anchor since we started doing the podcast in mid-January of 2020. We started this podcast even before the, the pandemic, a couple of months before the pandemic started. So you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also by Saucer Realty, Saucer Realty and Capital for your North Florida real estate needs. You can find the link to Saucer Realty and Capital on our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll all the way down to the North Florida weather information, the 24-7 North Florida weather information. You'll find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. We're also sponsored by LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Rock Saturdays at LakeUfallahits.com. Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Uh, Deep Tracks album cuts. Deep Tracks album cuts. Unique songs late at night. At LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. And do not forget about the Mad Max Mix, the uh, Wednesday night, the internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Go to MadMaxMix.Weebly.com, MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. You'll find easy-to-click-on links on our website at BigJReport.com in the Neighbors 2 section and the Outside the Box section as well. That's Mad Max Mix, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Got our burning questions of the day we're going to talk about on this uh, Wednesday, July the 27th. This is episode show number 36, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, thank you for listening.
Hey, you're tuned in. You're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Probably going to hit the shout out list of this episode, too. Want to say hello, um, you know, invariably to some some great folks listening in. Larry Cole, the uh, governor, affectionately known as the governor of Apopka, Florida. Larry Cole, uh, good morning to you in Apopka, Florida. Larry's affectionately known as the governor. the governor of Apopka and the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook, Larry Coles, had some minor, maybe more than minor health issues, and we want to keep uh, Larry Cole in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, I want to say hello to Chris Parker. I, I just learned um, yesterday that uh, his his band, Psychic Deli, is going to be playing in Atlantic Beach, Florida, and that's at a uh, club in Atlantic Beach, Florida. And uh, we'll let you know which club here in a moment. But uh, we are going to talk about the uh, Jags here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You know, as we we always do, we talk about Jaguars football, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. I get these reports that Trayvon Walker, the defensive end slash linebacker, what is he, 6'5", 272 pounds, 275 pounds thereabouts. I don't know what the guy's playing way to be, but he's he's big, tall, and fast. What about 6'4", 6'5", about 272 or more. Going to play some outside linebackers, some defensive end. I got a report from training camp, and I saw this online that, hey, Trayvon Walker, the defensive end linebacker, number one draft pick overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars, blows past Cam Robinson on a play in training camp. So everyone's excited about Trayvon Walker. Well, I am too, to a degree, but, and and that's great. Trayvon Walker looking good in the, uh, the early moments and early days of training camp, Trevor Lawrence rave reviews on quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, but you know, we've had these rave reviews on quarterbacks and other players in the past. However, with Trevor Lawrence, a generational type quarterback, maybe one of the best potentially uh, great quarterbacks coming along since perhaps John Elway. That's what we've all kind of been thinking, even even before Trevor Lawrence was drafted. You know, back when the Jaguars were having a terrible year in 2020, they won one football game. They got the number one pick overall, and who else would they take but quarterback Trevor Lawrence? Most every other team in the league would have done the exact same thing. Now, Trayvon Walker blowing past Cam Robinson and looking good at training camp. Well, you can look at it. You could say, hey, Trayvon Walker might be a freak of nature. On the other hand, where's Cam Robinson on the block? My, my more burning concern is what if the Jaguars sustain, and I, I hope they don't, but it seems like every year or every other year the Jaguars sustain some some injuries on the offensive line, even some serious injuries. I think this offensive line could be in deep trouble if they have a, a serious or key injury or two early in the year. God forbid training camp or even early in the season, they could be in major trouble across the offensive line. That's that's my opinion. That is my worst nightmare at this point for this football team. However, Travis Etienne... You know, um, hopefully his year or two, he'll be healthy. He'll show us almost nearly 100% of what he can do. 
I understand running back James Robinson's running around the field. And we'll see how this translates to the first exhibition game on uh, August 4th up in Canton, Ohio. I saw some things online where there were a couple of people that said, hey, I can't go to the Hall of Fame game. I got three or four tickets if you want to go. Man, football season is here, without a doubt. Trevor Lawrence looks good in training camp, and that that's a good thing. Uh, Trayvon Walker blowing past uh Left tackle, starting starting left tackle, Cam Robinson. That's a good thing. And let's hope that Cam Robinson has a great season, stays healthy, doesn't have any of these nagging injuries during pregame warm-ups where he gets scratched from a game or two like I believe he did last year. And let's hope the offensive line stays relatively healthy. There's going to always be a, a nagging injury or two. I, I understand that uh, – uh, Devin Lloyd, the uh, late first-round pick, um, has had some hamstring problems during training camp. Let's hope he gets healthy because that can be a nagging thing that, you know, lasts you uh, for a good while. So we'll see what happens in that regard. So things are looking good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no doubt about that. Um, college football, the opening week, we're not going to talk so much about September the 3rd on this podcast, because there's a lot of games September the 3rd. Florida's playing Utah at home at the Swamp. Um, Florida will host the Utah Utes, the Pac-12 champions, on September the 3rd in Gainesville at Florida Field, the Swamp, if you will, Steve Spurrier Stadium. The stadium has a lot of names. My dad used to say, man, that's Florida Field, so I'll, I'll go with Florida Field. But a lot of great things have happened. Steve Spurrier's got his name on the stadium now. Uh, ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Man, that stadium has a lot of names, has a lot of history. The Gators are a two-and-a-half-point underdog last time I checked the line with the game on September the 3rd against Utah, against the Utah Utes, the defending Pac-12 champions. So on September the 3rd, Georgia plays in kind of like a kickoff classic, but heck, it's in Atlanta. That's like a home game for Georgia as they host Oregon. I think Georgia's a 17 or 17 and a half point favorite over Oregon in that game. Uh, Florida State will play LSU on that September the 3rd day, I believe, uh, in New Orleans. So that's kind of like a a neutral site, even though it's New Orleans and you're playing LSU. So basically LSU is a home team in my mind. Uh, Georgia plays in Atlanta on September the 3rd. And I, I would call it, I guess, a kickoff classic as, uh, I mean, it's a good opponent, Oregon. But how strong people still think Georgia is. You know, they won the national championship last year. Man, they're reloading. They lost a lot of players to the NFL draft, obviously, you know, including Trayvon Walker, who the Jaguars made their number one overall draft pick. So Georgia's got some guys on defense they're replacing. Is there weakness on Georgia's team? Does it sound like it, according to the, you know, the pollsters, the pundits, et cetera? Everybody says Alabama might have the best team they've ever had. Georgia's still very, very strong. Those are the top two teams in the SEC. Texas A&M coming off a recruiting class that a lot of people say might have been the best of everybody, and they're in the SEC Western Division. So you got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got Texas A&M. Billy Napier, you know, Billy Napier, first year at Florida, scared money don't make money. 
And the Gators may not have the depth to uh, win a lot of games in uh, 2022 is what I'm hearing. A lot of people tend to think the Gators can win seven, eight, nine games. The highest prediction I've heard is like nine games. Most people are saying eight and four. We're talking regular season now. Some people say seven wins. It remains to be seen. So we we did actually talk about some September 3rd games uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, right? The season actually opens up on August the 27th. That would be a, I believe that's the last Saturday in in August if I pull the calendar out, but that's August the 27th. Florida State will host Duquesne at Doe Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. I think Bobby Bowden's on that stadium too now, and he should be. Florida State hosting Duquesne in Tallahassee on August 27th. And if Florida State does not win that game by at least two, three touchdowns or more, that that could be telling. Uh, Florida State should come out and really whitewash Duquesne. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, 30 to 7, 40 to nothing, 50 to 13. Should be a blowout city game. North Carolina is going to give Florida A&M a little money. Uh, North Carolina hosting the Florida A&M Rattlers on August 27th. The best game of the day, I think there's only three games on August 27th. Maybe there's more, but we'll research that. But Northwestern in the Big Ten plays Nebraska. They've only been in the Big Ten for, you know, for a few years now. I, I, I wonder how long Nebraska's been in the Big Ten. Maybe a decade already now. Northwestern playing Nebraska. This is a Big Ten conference game, and they're playing it in Dublin, Ireland. So those are the games on August 27th in college football. Florida State versus Duquesne in Tallahassee. North Carolina will host Florida A&M on August 27th. That's the Florida A&M Rattlers. North Carolina Tar Heels hosting the Florida A&M Rattlers in college football on August 27th of 2022. And Northwestern plays Nebraska in a Big Ten game to start the season in Dublin, way over in Dublin, Ireland. So that's the first uh, weekend of college football, kind of abbreviated, but I found three games on that August 27th date. You go forward a week later to September the 3rd, Florida hosts Utah at the Swamp. Uh, Utah State plays at Alabama. Georgia plays Oregon. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Utah's about a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida in the Swamp in Gainesville. And uh, those are some of the games. Again, Utah State at Alabama, Utah at Florida. Uh, Georgia plays Oregon in Atlanta. So those are, you know, those are some of the big games coming up. Florida State, will after, after disposing of Duquesne, apparently on August the 27th, the Duquesne Dukes, as I think they're called, after Florida State plays them in Tallahassee on August 27th, Florida State will go to New Orleans on September the 3rd and play LSU actually in New Orleans is where that game will be played. So that's a look at some of the uh, the early uh, college football out there. A lot of games coming up. We keep up to date with the SEC, college football. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars reports, updates, our commentary opinions where the team is going, and we've always said, hey, we try to make sense of it all out here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're even going to have a fantasy football league uh, with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So if you want to join the fantasy football league, you can do that. 
email me, scott at bigjreport.com. Leave me your name and email address. And if we have a spot open, we'll try to get you in. This is for more, I would say, average to serious players. This is a league where, you know, you want to change your lineup, at, you know, at least every week, if, if at all possible. You know, I know there's things like uh, death, taxes, and, and, and weather. But uh, we do want serious players that are going to change their, their lineups most every week. If you'd like to play in the Teal Shirt Report uh, Football League, uh, write to me, scott at bigjreport.com. That's scott at bigjreport.com. Just say, hey, I want to play fantasy football in your league. and Leave me your name and email address, and we'll get you in if we still have slots open because it's going to be a very, very popular league. We've got people already joining, and uh, we may have a slot or two or three open. So write to me, scott at bigjreport.com. Uh, special... Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast, uh, LakeUvalaHits.com, great internet radio, Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs uh, You know, here in North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Saucer Realty and Capital, if you're thinking about buying a new home, a new piece of property, or you're selling, go to BigJReport.com, scroll the homepage to our 24-7 North Florida weather information. Right there, about halfway through the weather, you'll find the link uh, for Saucer Realty and Capital. They've been a sponsor of us with BigJReport.com for ever since the inception a few years ago. So we want to thank Saucer uh, Realty and Capital in North Florida for your real estate needs. LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They have uh, Rock Saturdays, classic Rock Saturdays. That's uh, Rock Saturdays. Um, of course, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday evenings, deep cuts, album tracks, uh, unique songs late at night, and recognizable hits during the daytime, Monday through Friday. You have to just check it out and see for yourself. LakeUfalaHits.com with two E's in the middle, L-A-K-E-E-U-F-A-U-L-A, Hits.com, LakeUfalaHits.com, great internet radio. And um, Mad Max was playing some good music. I heard Al Stewart, just another song on the radio, on his uh, show uh, this past Wednesday night, back on uh, back on July the twenty seventh. Is it, our podcast is you know kind of started on July twenty seventh, and now we're continuing for the next couple of days to update you on on uh, things going on right here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Jacksonville Jaguars news. Uh, we do uh, North Florida entertainment, concerts, and, and things of that nature, and other area sports like the SEC, college football, and so much more. We appreciate you coming here. We do it all under this one podcast called the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. So we are actually uh, doing something a lot of people don't. There's a lot of people do niche podcast. You know, there's a guy probably out there doing a podcast about how to, you know, get your garbage up and, you know, throw it out uh, you know, for the garbage man. I mean, there's niche podcast out there. We're doing quite a variety of, of things on the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, you know, taking a look at some things we wanted to, to chat about and talk about here on the uh, podcast. Um, had a Jaguars burning question of the day. How many wins for the Jaguars on the 2022 17-game schedule? How many wins you got? 
you know, I got to thinking about it. I kept hearing three to nine wins all over the map from from different media outlets, uh, pundits, uh, experts, so-called experts. I'm hearing anywhere from three to nine wins. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Jaguars, this is my prediction, and I put it in the the post at BigJReport.com, the BigJReport.com Facebook group. I'm saying eight and nine, but they fall short of the playoffs in 2022, and that's going to mean that Trevor Lawrence is putting up some numbers, going to see some exciting things, and I also believe, and even besides Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence could be included in this, but I see, you know, the Jags are playing a lot of younger players, year one, year two players in the league. I'm seeing, I'm thinking that it's an exciting year. The Jags go eight and nine, and we find a couple of really superstars, maybe at least two new superstars on the Jags roster from the last couple of drafts. That some players emerge. You got free agents also. So, um, you know, we're taking a look at uh, what people think is going to happen. Bobby Ide said, hey, I'm going with nine wins just because I'm a diehard optimist. Um, another guy, Louis Artiga, wrote, what, what is this, a trick question? Let's see what happens with first the first-year new coach, Doug Peterson, and the new players. This team has been a nightmare more than a great NFL success. And uh, Louis Artiga went on to say, I am, I am praying for a successful season. Uh, Anthony Pinoso, cool guy. He went to the same high school as me. Um, he says, I say the Jaguars will make the playoffs as a wild card in the NFC South. Well, the Jaguars don't play in the NFC South. So he was, I, I think Anthony was being a little bit funny there. Um. And I, I did I did comment back to him, are the Jags moving to the NFC South now? Laughing out loud, AFC South and NFC South, not sure which division is really stronger or probably or probably weaker, if you will. Um, if they can do it in college football with teams moving around now, why not in the pros too, right? That was kind of more like a little funny joke there. Um, Anthony Pinoso wrote back to me, said it kind of boils down to select elements of good coaching and extreme good quarterback play receivers, et cetera. So, so yeah, um, we'll get some we, – we just put that post up, I think, yesterday. So there's more people that are uh, posting on there with their wins. Some people are laughing with my prediction of eight and nine. A lot of people don't see the Jaguars winning as many as eight games. Some people say, hey, they might win nine or ten. Mainly I've been hearing three to nine over the past, you know, few weeks and few months, and that was even, you know, before the draft and uh, maybe after or before free agency as well. Psychic Deli will be uh, playing this Saturday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Psychic Deli at a, at a, at a club called Vusoir, Vusoir, Vusoir in Atlantic Beach. So, um, you know, my good friend Chris Parker and his group, Psychic Deli, will be playing this Saturday night, 9 o'clock p.m. in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Psychic Deli will be at Vusoir Vusoir in Atlantic Beach, and he raves about the place. I'm going to do some research on it. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, we talk about North Florida Entertainment. Um, we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars first and foremost. Um, of course, North Florida Entertainment and other area sports as well. We'll be back uh, today, by the way, is July 28th as we record this podcast. This particular podcast is going to be a podcast 
that you're going to hear, you know, over two or three days of my, my thoughts concerning training camp and, you know, obviously other things going on around North Florida. Thank you for listening. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We got a lot more coming up. Stand by and stay tuned. Okay, you're tuned into episode show number 36 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, good to have you tuned in. I, I went out to Episcopal High School. Let's see, it was on, um, well, it was Saturday afternoon. Looks like practice had wrapped up. I got there, snapped a couple of pictures of the field. There were a few people over there, but I, I didn't catch it in the prime time of practice, of course. But uh, I tell you, the Episcopal High School, which is about, you know, for the guys coming across the bridge from, um, you know, from Jaguars headquarters right near TIA Bank Field. It's a quick five-minute or perhaps uh, 10-minute drive. I think they're taking a bus over there across the bridge, across the hard bridge. When you get out there at Episcopal High School at the field and you look down at the field, one thing about Episcopal High School, it's got that beautiful backdrop um, the, the end zone on the far end zone, the far side of the field, the far end zone, it's got a great backdrop of the hard bridge, really beautiful, um, uh, uh, stadium. And that's where the Jaguars are practicing. We've, you know, we've gotten some, some news in, in the last day or so. We kind of do these podcasts sometimes two or three days together and, um, uh, so you have to kind of listen to the entire uh, podcast to get all the necessary information. My name is Scott. We're doing the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Got some news. It appears now that uh, earlier than we thought, it looks like Luke Fortner, the center out of Kentucky, the rookie, looks like he may start from the jump. You know, he may be starting from game one of the regular season, and he's being played at center, Tyler Shatley. The backup center for several years. A lot of people thought he might start a few games, but right now, what's happened is it looks like Luke Fortner will start at center. Uh, Tyler Shatley may start actually at left guard. Cam Robinson at left tackle. Brandon Sheriff, the big free agent signing, will start at right guard. At right tackle, we're probably looking at Walker Little or possibly Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor has been out. I believe his injury is a hamstring injury so he's you know he's uh, he's kind of I think he's kind of like day-to-day so that's kind of how the offensive line you know kind of kind of shakes down uh, for the Jaguars uh, it was great to go over to Episcopal we kind of got the ambiance of um, the training camp and you know we snapped some pictures down there that we'll be putting in the Facebook group the website bigjreport.com etc so I saw uh, Doug, Coach Doug Peterson's uh, press conference, uh, you know, on July 31st. I think it wrapped up just a few minutes ago. Uh, Doug Peterson talking about his tight ends. I think he liked his tight ends a good bit. Dan Arnold, Doug said uh, Dan Arnold's kind of sneaky. He's kind of a sneaky tight end, according to Jags uh, head coach Doug Peterson. Seems like he's very happy with uh, free agent signing Evan Ingram as well, although I, I did hear Ingram had 
maybe dropped a pass or two during training camp, but it's better to drop them during training camp than the regular season, of course. So, again, you know, we've been looking at some of the Jags burning questions of the day. Who's your favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time? That is a very difficult question to answer. When Tom Coughlin coached the team back in the, you know, the mid-90s, late-90s, early-2000s, and the team, you know, went to a couple of AFC championship games, they were just that, a team. Was there a star? Well, when you figure the first guy ever to go into the Hall of Fame for the Jacksonville Jaguars is a left tackle and not a skill player, you're thinking, man, they got this is a team here. So I think most everybody, you know, loved Mark Brunell as a quarterback. Tony Baselli at left tackle. I remember Pete Mitchell, I think, was the Jaguars' first tight end. And then they signed, you know, Kyle Brady later on as a as a free agent during, you know, some of the really good years that the Jaguars had when they, you know, they did go to two AFC championship games. Uh, Kyle Brady was not on the team with the Jaguars in year two, I believe. He came along, I think, a year or two after that. Red Taylor. He was drafted by the Jaguars. And um, so when you talk about the, you know, the big Jaguars of all time, you're talking about the guys that make it in the Hall of Fame. Left tackle Tony Baselli is going in in just a, he's going in in just a couple of days. I believe August 6th. Uh, Tony will get his gold jacket. He'll do the acceptance speech on Saturday, August the 6th. The first Jaguars preseason game is coming up uh, this coming Thursday. August 4th on NBC, about 8 o'clock for the kickoff up in Canton, Ohio. The Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, we were talking about the offensive line a few moments ago. I saw the press conference with, um, you know, New Jags right guard Brandon Sheriff, who was a big free agent signing from the Washington football team, the Redskins, the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, if you will. But Brandon Sheriff, you know, he's, I believe he's actually worked with this offensive uh, line coach before, Phil uh, Rosher. That's right, Phil Rosher. Um, and, you know, Phil has been, I believe, with the Vikings and the Redskins. And, so, and you know, the guys like him. He's kind of a boisterous, uh, emotional guy. And, and um, you know, it sounds like they, you know, they definitely want to uh, play for the guy. And so we kind of gave you the Jags offensive line is is a little different maybe than what I thought it would be. But it looks like Fortner may start at center right from the jump. Then I heard number 69 is going to play uh, left guard. That would be Tyler Shadley. When he started playing for the Jaguars like, what, eight, nine years ago, he, he started playing as a guard. Then a couple of years later, uh, when Linder became the regular center, he started as a guard too. When when uh, Brandon Linder became the regular center several years ago, it just seemed like Tyler Shantley was kept on the roster, became kind of the backup center, and he's been the backup center uh, for several years. Not only that, he's played a lot because Linder, you know, missed what over forty games during his. Um, like eight or nine year career with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So Luke Fortner will be the starting center. You got free agent Brandon Sheriff at uh, right guard. It looks like Walker Little right now has the inside track at right tackle. Jawan Taylor's been battling a hamstring injury. He also committed a lot of penalties. I think a dozen or more penalties. 
last year in twenty or in twenty of twenty in twenty twenty one. There were rumors floating around that Jawan Taylor may be moved to left guard. That hasn't really come to fruition. Maybe because uh, Jawan Taylor's been battling kind of an injury. I believe it's. I believe according to Doug Peterson, he said it was some type of hamstring injury. So Jawan Taylor probably starts out. Shall we say he starts out as a backup because he's he's kind of behind. He got all those penalties last year. Uh, it looks like at the moment Tyler Shatley could end up being the starting left guard for the Jaguars, but Ben Barch as his backup. You still got at last report what uh, Will Richardson still on the roster and was signed to I believe uh, like a one year extension. So right now the starters would be left tackle Cam Robinson, left guard Tyler Shatley, Luke Fortner, the Luke the rookie center out of uh, Kentucky. Right guard Brandon Sheriff, the big money free agent from Washington, uh, who would be entering his first year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and right tackle Walker Little, who was drafted last year when Urban Meyer was the head coach. And, uh, you know, Walker Walker Little was drafted pretty early. He was a – Walker Little was a second-round selection, you know, out of um, – Stanford, he battled some, you know, some injury issues. So Walker Little may get the shot at right tackle. A lot of people still think, you know, he's going to, he could end up being a very good left tackle for the Jaguars. But then again, the Jaguars did, you know, as you know, they re-signed uh, Cam Robinson in the offseason. Cam Robinson worries me some from the standpoint of, hey, the guy got injured and, you know, he wasn't feeling right in a couple of pregame warmups. So uh, Walker Little, you know, Walker Little got a lot of playing time later in the year, too. Let's take a look. Walt, Walker Little is six foot seven, about 309 pounds. Agile guy. His position is offensive tackle. He may play right tackle this year for the Jaguars. May start at right tackle. If Cam Robinson goes down, you may see him move to left tackle. There's going to be changeable parts on this offensive line. Guys that can play more than one position, maybe multiple positions, like Tyler Shatley can play guard and center. Luke Fortner, the starting center, could actually play guard. He played guard at Kentucky early in his uh, college football career. Brandon Sheriff is basically a right guard, and you want him healthy. The thing that scares me about this offensive line, you get a couple of injuries early in the year for any fairly lengthy amount of time. The offensive line could get in trouble if you had a couple of guys get hurt. That's just, you know, that's plain and simple how I see it. You got some good receivers, no superstar receivers. You know, even though Christian Kirk is being paid like a superstar receiver, Christian Kirk is on the Jaguars team as a, a really highly paid free agent because he can catch the ball. 77 catches with Arizona. That's what the Jaguars need. They need to move the chains. It is going to improve the offense immensely with a guy like Christian Kirk who can catch the ball with both hands, uh, not drop passes, and that helps move the chains. It allows Trevor Lawrence to develop, keep the ball longer on drives, and consequently score more points. That's what it's all about, right? So that's kind of our early look at some of the training camp stuff with the offensive line. At, at this juncture, it's looking like Cam Robinson, obviously, who signed a, a new contract with the Jaguars, will be the starting left tackle. It's looking right now like Tyler Shatley at left guard, Luke Fortner, 
the rookie will start at center. Right guard looks like Brandon Sheriff. And due to the maybe the um, you know the fact that Juwan Taylor, due to his lack of availability with some injury issues, and we kind of felt like right tackle Walker Little would push for that position anyway. So it looks like Cam Robinson at left tackle. Tyler Shatley at left guard, Luke Fortner at center, Brandon Sheriff at right guard, and probably Walker Little starting at uh, right tackle. Uh, Walker Little is an offensive tackle. Looks like he's going to play right tackle. He's already played some left tackle in his uh, first year with the Jaguars last year. Um, He uh, did play college football at Stanford, had some injury issues uh, for a year or two with Stanford. Seems like he's completely healthy and over those issues now. Played at Stanford from 2017 to 2020. And he was a second-round pick by the Jaguars. He was the 45th pick overall last year in the 2021 draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's kind of a complete look at, you know, the latest offensive line stuff. Um, Juwan Taylor, could he be a backup? He might be a backup. I think they're still gonna gonna gradually work him in. Uh, hopefully, Juwan Taylor get absolutely healthy, and Juwan Taylor's got a chance to get healthy, prove himself by playing in some of these preseason exhibition games, and trying to play himself into a starting role, whether it's left guard or probably or right tackle. But the Jags have a plan. We gave you who the guys uh, primarily. Uh, who, who most of the guys are at this juncture on July the 31st that are at least probably in the starting lineup if they had to kick off today. We gave you kind of who the starters would be on the offensive line. We're going to talk more Jaguars football. I'm going to give you my prediction on how I think the Jags are going to do. Uh, we're going to check North Florida Entertainment. The National Arena League playoffs are underway. Hey, we'll take a look at all this good stuff coming up. You're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Don't forget the Jaguars play the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Jaguars and the Raiders this coming Thursday night. This coming Thursday night. That'll be on August the 4th, 8 o'clock p.m. I believe it kicks off on NBC. So it's kind of a national game, if you will. On Thursday night, it's the Hall of Fame preseason football game, and it's absolutely the first preseason game of the NFL season. Not everybody's really into preseason, but this is going to be an interesting one because this weekend, the Jaguars play the Raiders on Thursday, August the 4th, kickoff 8 o'clock. And then Tony Baselli, this coming Saturday, August the 6th, he will be enshrined in the Pro Football's Hall of Fame, will give his... Uh, his induction speech, if you will, and be introduced by Mark Brunell, who's presently the quarterback coach for the Detroit Lions. And that's going to be great. So we got Jaguars playing the Raiders on Thursday night, this Thursday night, August the 4th. And then you got the, uh, then you got Tony Baselli getting his uh, gold jacket and being inducted into Pro Football's Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio, this Saturday, August the 6th. We'll talk more about all these things coming up. Uh, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening.
Hey, you are tuned in to episode show number 36 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast here in uh, 2022. It's July 31st of 2022. We've been working on this uh, particular episode um, actually actually for the last, what, two, three, four days. We do that sometimes, and then we put it all together, and there it is. And whammo, thank you. Um, number 36. Number 36 famous number 36s in football. Let's see if I can find some famous number 36s. Nobody jumps off right off the bat at me. Uh, I am looking one up now. I do see a Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis wore number 36. Um, Interesting. Jerome Bettis had a good career. Played for the Rams early in his career. Got traded to the Steelers. Won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Um, so Jerome Bettis might be one of the most famous number 36s. Let's see. Did Leroy Butler wear number 36? That's right. Leroy Butler. I think Leroy Butler wore number 36 also. Let's see. Leroy Butler. And heck, um, Leroy Butler... Leroy Butler, born in um, 1968, an American football player, American professional football player who was a strong safety for 12 seasons with the Green with Green, the Green Bay Packers, 1990 to 2001 in the National Football League. He won a Super Bowl. What was that? Super Bowl 31, I believe, uh, with the Packers over the New England Patriots. He spent his childhood in Jacksonville, Florida. Challenged by physical problems that forced him to wear leg braces and even use a wheelchair at times while undergoing therapy. In 2007, he was named to the Florida High School Association's All-Century Team. And now, in 2022, he goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, with Tony Baselli and, you know, and a few other guys. But the main guys for us are Tony Baselli and Leroy Butler from uh, right here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Boy, Leroy Butler and his number is did he wear number 36? Let me make sure I can find a Leroy Butler uh jersey here. Let's see. There's a picture of Leroy right there. Okay, Leroy Butler did wear number 36. So we got Jerome Bettis. There may be some other guys. I always miss people with the numbers games, but Jerome Bettis number 36. Uh great player. Uh, and how about Leroy Butler from right here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, going into the Hall of Fame with Tony Baselli? Leroy Butler, uh, originally from Jacksonville, Florida, Tony Baselli played, you know, the mass majority of his pro football career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Tony Baselli, though, did not wear 36, he wore 71. So. But Leroy Butler won 30, war number 36 in honor of our episode show number 36. And Jerome Bettis did also. Jerome Bettis uh, won a Super Bowl, too. And he won his in his hometown of Detroit, if you might might remember. Uh, Tony Baselli, number 71. I've got an autographed football card from Tony Baselli. That when I moved back to Jacksonville, 
probably, I don't know, when I moved back to Jacksonville about 10 or 11 years ago, I had gone to an event. I think it was, uh, I can't think of the name of the place I went to, but it was, uh, what's it? They were doing a, Tony was working for the Jaguars. That, that I think guess he's always worked for the Jaguars in one form or another. But they were having a Jaguars event, and Tony signed some autographs and signed a card for me. I got to find that card. It will not say HOF on it because obviously Tony was not in the Hall of Fame at the time he signed that card. I'm going to say that must have been six, seven, eight years ago when Tony signed that football card for me. I'm going to go looking. I'm going to go looking. I know I got that card. I'm going to go looking for that card later today, I think. Tony wore number 71. But the number 36 guys, uh, Jerome Bettis, um, played with the Rams, the Steelers. Let's see, Jerome Bettis played college ball at Notre Dame. Played for the Rams early in his career, then got traded to the Steelers and became known as the bus when he played for the Steelers many, many moons ago. So, again, the guys were saluting. Wearing number 36, Jerome Bettis, and also Leroy Butler from Jacksonville, Florida, who played for the Green Bay Packers, I think, most of his uh, NFL career. Won a Super Bowl, and he's going into the Hall of Fame. So, so uh, congratulations to Leroy Butler, also Tony Baselli, uh, with Jackson, big Jacksonville ties, both of them, going into the Hall of Fame in the class of 2022. As far as my prediction for Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars football season here in 2022, I've thought about it. I've heard all these pundits, all the experts saying, hey, the Jags are going to win three games. And we got fans saying they're going to win nine games or more. And it's got to be somewhere in between, right? Well, you got to win the close games. In the NFL, normally, unless you got a really bad team, and the Jaguars have had a bad team the last couple of years because they, they won, let's face it, they won one game back in 2020. They won three games, three and 14 last year. The Jaguars did win their last game over the Colts. That was a that was a pretty cool win. 26 to 11. Trevor Lawrence completed his first eight passes in that game. So things kind of on the upswing because the Jaguars actually on a one-game winning streak, winning their last regular season game of uh, 2021. That was actually that was in the season 2021. That was actually played in January of 2022. So I'm gonna answer the question in this form. If I had to pick my favorite Jaguars player of all time, that is really hard. I would probably have to say Mark Brunell. Because he was a quarterback. And I've seen I've seen Mark around town, you know, a few times. Uh, he actually doesn't, as I understand it, he doesn't actually live that far from me. So I've seen him at different places. I've seen him at the grocery store, and then all of a sudden, somebody will say, uh, "Oh, he was here a few minutes ago," and I, I like miss him by five or ten minutes. So he, he's all around town. He's he, he's he's a big Jacksonville, Florida guy. He is coaching the Detroit Lions. Uh, the quarterbacks for Detroit now. I guess when I'm assuming, I believe when his last son graduated a high school at Episcopal, then he kind of got out of coaching at Episcopal. He did his thing at Episcopal, put in his time, did a really good job as the head coach of the Episcopal High School Football Eagles. Did a great job there. 
and I'm thinking the training camp that's going on at Episcopal High School now. I'm 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 sure Mark Brunell was consulted about that, you know, as well by the powers that be. I'm assuming. Um, Mark did a great job as the high school football coach at Episcopal. I went out to Episcopal to a game a few years ago. My producer JC was out there, and we got a chance to watch those guys. Man, they had some great assistant coaches, former NFL players. We're on the sidelines as assistant coaches. I think I saw Tony Baselli out there that night, and they had a they had a, another. There was probably another uh, assistant coach or two that had NFL experience that they were on Mark Brunell's head, Mark Brunell's coaching staff at Episcopal. So the thing about having a, having a good team, and you think about this are the bit players, not just having one superstar quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's expecting him to become like, you know, this generational quarterback. Trevor Lawrence may have the potential to become the best quarterback since whoever, since um, Peyton Manning, um, John Elway, et cetera. But, He's not at that level yet. He's moving into just his second year. And last year was a rough year. <clears throat> I guess his rookie seasons go for Trevor Lawrence. So when we go back to that question, who is my favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time? I probably got to say Mark Brunell. But what I like about the Jaguars is <clears throat> it's a tough question. If you ask the Detroit Lions, they're going to say Barry Sanders. Um, and there's other teams like that as well. I mean, you're going to ask people about New England. They're going to say Tom Brady of all the best player of all time with the Jaguars, especially when they were winning, you know, and mainly back in the, you know, the late 1990s, early two thousands, Marv Brunel was the quarterback. But you had good bit players. I mean, you had you got an old all pro left tackle, Tony Baselli, that's going to the Hall of Fame. You had a really get some good running backs, especially Fred Taylor, who eventually will go into the Hall of Fame maybe in the next year or two. You had a wide receiver named Jimmy Smith who played a lot of games for the Jaguars, and he could end up in the Hall of Fame too. So this question about your favorite Jaguars player is a difficult question, but when we asked the question in our Facebook group, man, we had, uh, I think Jimmy Smith was mentioned, Fred Taylor, Tony Baselli, um, Mark Brunel, many, many players. And I'll tell you, Mar Mercedes Lewis, who spent like, what, close to 11, 12 years with the Jaguars before moving on to Green Bay. He's still playing at Green Bay. He's been playing for Green Bay for like three years, going into his fourth year. He's, he's still not done. Mercedes Lewis is one of my favorite Jaguars. But if I have to say my favorite of all time, I, I probably have to say Mark Brunel. But I got a lot of favorites, uh, Mercedes Lewis, um, Tony Baselli, Fred Taylor. Uh, I like tight end Pete Mitchell in the early days. Um, uh, Kyle Brady was a very good tight end for the Jaguars. Tony Bracken's really good pass rusher back in the playoff days and the victory over Bruce Smith's Buffalo Bills, right, Bruce? So I'm going to say Mark Brunel edges everybody out. By, by just by just a couple of hairs. And the thing about Mark Brunel, 
if I make him my favorite Jaguars player of all time, and maybe I do because I've got a, I still have in stored somewhere. I've still got a number eight Mark Brunel jersey somewhere. So if I make Mark Brunel my favorite Jaguars player of all time, I'm I'm saying that a player that's he's on the pride of the Jaguars, but he will not be in the Hall of Fame. Tony Baselli will, Fred Taylor probably will. And there's a good chance somewhere down the road, Jimmy Smith can make the Hall of Fame too. And it doesn't appear that Mark Burnett will ever have a shot at making the Hall of Fame, but he's in the pride of the Jaguars. And he was really a big cog in that first success that the Jaguars felt back in, you know, 96 and the late 90s and the early 2000s. No doubt about that. So I'm going to say Mark Burnett. By just a couple of hairs, my favorite Jaguars player of all time. How do I think the Jaguars will do fla- uh, flash forward to this this year, 2022? The feeling I get is about eight and nine. I think the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars, go eight and nine. It's a losing season, but by our recent standards, kind of a winning year, even eight and nine, right? I think the Jaguars just missed the playoffs this year. I think they stay in the running uh, for the playoffs maybe up to the last two or three weeks of the season. But I think they go 8-9 and nine this year. I think they have an exciting year. I think it's going to be an exciting year for the fans. And I think we'll find maybe a couple of superstars that the Jags have drafted over the last, um, you know, one to three years. Got a, got, and that, that would be the hope. You find a couple of guys. Man, these guys have become superstars. These are guys that Jaguars have drafted, and they are becoming superstars. You want to see that. You want to see a couple of guys become new superstars in the NFL that actually play for our Jacksonville Jaguars. But my prediction would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, but eight and nine, just missing the playoffs, but staying in contention up until the final, probably the last two or three weeks of the season. I also think that Trevor Lawrence will make a big jump up in year two. You got to win some close games. I think the Jags, to get to eight and nine, they're going to have to win two or three close games that they could quite frankly possibly lose. So my prediction, and it's an optimistic prediction, some people think the Jags will win less than eight. There is even a handful of people that think the Jags will win more than eight. I'm going to say eight. Jacksonville Jaguars finishing the season with a record of eight and nine. So by just a hair or two, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, Mark Brunell is my favorite Jacksonville Jaguars player of all time. But there's a lot of guys after that that are real close. Tony Baselli, Fred Taylor, um, man, Pete Mitchell, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, and, and, and several other players too. Little James Littleman Stewart in the early days. Got five touchdowns in a game. I think that's still a Jaguars record, I believe, for touchdowns. He had five touchdowns in one Jaguars game. When he got injured, Fred Taylor went in, and the rest was history. Fred Taylor became just a tremendous running back. For the Jaguars later, Maurice Jones-Drew was drafted. He became really a bowling ball burst of uh, uh, speed out of the backfield, too. So you got to include Maurice Jones-Drew in all of that as well. So that's what I got by just a hair or two. I've got uh, Mark Brunel is my favorite Jaguars player of all time. And I think the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022, my opinion, 
I believe they will go about eight and nine if certain things fall right. Injuries got to come into play. The team's got to stay relatively healthy. They've got to win some close games. They got to win at least two or three close games that you might think, hey, they probably should have lost that game, but they won it close at the end. Let's face it. Let's face it. In the NFL, let's face it. The uh, most football games are fairly close in the NFL. Everybody's kind of close, even the bad teams and the good teams. The games end up being close and down to the wire a lot of times. There's not as many blowouts in the NFL. You might have two to four blowouts in a season. Otherwise, the games are close, so you got to win the close games. And the Jaguars would have to win the close games to get to what I'm saying is the, and this would be a very, in my mind, I think a lot of people would take an eight and nine season with exciting things to come in the next year, right? We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment, also the underworld of indoor football, National Arena League playoffs are underway. We'll talk about the first round of the National Arena League playoffs coming up the underworld of indoor football and North Florida entertainment all coming up. You're listening to the teal shirt report podcast. Okay, we're going to go into the the underworld of indoor football, if you, wear, if you will. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott, episode show number 36, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Going to hit the shout-out list, our buddy uh, Chris Parker, um, you know, with, of course, the band Psychic Deli. understand they played at Atlantic Beach last night. Haven't got the report on how it went went down, but they had a nice uh, nice concert in Atlantic Beach on uh, Saturday night, uh, July the 30th. Let's take a look at the uh, inner workings or the indoor look at arena football. First of all, I do want to congratulate in the EAFL, uh, the, Bay, the Bay Area Reapers, uh, a couple of weeks back, won the league championship. I also want to congratulate Solo and his team, the Argyle Avengers, lost in the playoffs to the Reapers, the eventual champions of the EAFL in uh, semi-pro outdoor football. Argyle Avengers had like, I think, a 9-3 and record. Really a good season for the Argyle Avengers playing right here in Jacksonville. They played at the SOS Academy Stadium. I saw a couple of those games last year. I saw Solo, um, who really, man, he can play all the positions, too. Uh, Mr. Solo Lynn, he played just about every position except sell popcorn, plays defensive back, a little bit of wide receiver lined up at quarterback. Uh, Very good punt returner, too. And the Argyle Avengers, they got a really good program going in semi-pro football. Uh, here in Jacksonville, they were they play primarily on the west side of Jacksonville or near Orange Park. This year, they played at SOS on the west side, SOS Academy Stadium. And they came close to a title, but no cigar. The EAFL champions were the Bay Area Reapers, 
And uh, Lavelle Blue, good guy that I know that used to play for the Southern Steam, played for the Bay Area Reapers and won that title. They were undefeated. I think I think the Bay Area Reapers ended up about 13-0, and undefeated in the champions of EAFL as we take a look at the underworld of semi-pro football, the EAFL champions, uh, the Bay Area Reapers from down around Central Florida near Tampa, and in the, um, the APDFL. And, you know, there's always, seems like there's always new leagues popping up. These guys play for the love of the game in the APDFL. Um, you know, and we've talked to some of the guys that run these leagues, too. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a great thing for players that want to continue on beyond high school, uh, beyond their college football playing days and playing some semi-pro football. Uh, the Bay Area Reapers won the EAFL title. Meanwhile, in the APDFL, it was won by a team called the Mississippi Dynasty as they defeated the Florida Falcons. The Florida Falcons from right here in Jacksonville, I believe, played most of their home games at the Bowl School in Jacksonville. So a lot of good, exciting semi-pro outdoor football. Uh, Southern Steam lost in the championship game of the Elite Indoor Football League a couple of weeks back. And uh, they lost to the Peach State Cats in a game that was played up in uh, Columbus, Georgia. Um, National Arena League uh, season still going on. The regular season is over, but they're now they've now got the playoffs going. National Arena League playoffs. The Albany New York Empire eliminated the Jacksonville Sharks by one point. It was a close one. In the National Arena League playoffs, the Albany New York Empire 68, the Jacksonville Sharks 67, the final score. Also, the Carolina Cobras eliminated the Columbus Georgia Lions. It was a, the Carolina Cobras 65, the Columbus Georgia Lions 51. And that means the championship game is set in a few days. It'll be between the Albany New York Empire and the Carolina Cobras. One of the guys um, that plays for the Carolina Cobras, Zach Brown, accounted for about 14 touchdowns. I don't see how the Jacksonville Sharks could have let this guy go. They didn't re-sign him. He had played for the Sharks for how long was Zach Brown with the Sharks? I think maybe three or four years. The Sharks could not work out a deal with Zach Brown. He ended up going to the Carolina Cobras, and a fly on the wall told me that yeah, Carolina offered him a, a bit more money, right? A fly on the wall. You know, or what was the old saying? Old talk show host Pete Franklin used to say up in Cleveland, a little birdie told him. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. It's either a little birdie or a fly on the wall. But, but uh, again, Zach Brown apparently was offered more money by the Carolina Cobras uh, to play football. So. In business, in most cases, you go with the the better offer. Uh, Zach is um, Zach Brown's originally from Tipton. It's a little closer to Jacksonville than Carolina, but obviously um, he got a better deal, without a doubt, from what the little birdie's telling me. Play he signed with the Carolina Cobras. So I will tell you this: Zach Brown has had really a monster year. Ten rushing touchdowns. I think he got three receiving touchdowns, and he scored a defensive touchdown. This is a guy very valuable to an indoor football team or an arena football team, if you will. 
plays both offense and defense. He's a fullback and a linebacker. And uh, Zach's a really good guy. I've interviewed him before, you know, right here on the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. And I'll, you know, I'll take a look at Zach's uh, stats real quickly. And I must say that I'm pulling, I'm absolutely pulling for Zach Brown and the Carolina Cobras to beat the Albany New York Empire because I'd like to see Zach get another ring. He's already gotten a ring with the Jacksonville Sharks. Uh, Carolina Cobras, Zach Brown, 14 touchdowns in 2022 from his fullback linebacker positions in the National Arena League in 2022. Again, I'm pulling for Jacksonville Sharks. I should say I'm pulling for former former Jacksonville Sharks linebacker fullback Zach Brown to get another ring uh, this time. Uh, he is uh, from uh, Tipton, Georgia, a Tipton, Georgia native. Uh, he's uh, with the Carolina Cobras now, and Zach has had a monster season in 2022 with at least 10 rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, and a defensive touchdown. That gives him a grand total of, what, 14 touchdowns? Playing fullback, linebacker, that's that's pretty darn good. So congratulations on uh, Carolina Cobras linebacker, fullback Zach Brown on the 14 touchdown seasons all totaled on the regular season in the National Arena League. Uh, Carolina has uh, edged out Columbus in the playoffs. Um, also the Albany, New York empire has edged out, uh, Jacksonville by one point. So it's going to be the Carolina Cobras versus the Albany, New York empire in the national arena league championship game, uh, coming up in just a few days. Good luck to Zach Brown. I'm pulling for Zach Brown and the Carolina Cobras, uh, this time around. Uh, we will, uh, now take a look at, uh, We'll take a look at some, actually, some North Florida entertainment. Uh, I know the, now, now, before we get to the concerts, I uh, also want to tell you that the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, they did lose a game to Gwinnett 6-3 to three on, uh, what was it, Saturday night, uh, July the 30th, but their record is really good. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are 54-44, and 44 in their second season of AAA baseball, having a good year. Uh, they did lose that game uh, Saturday night, and um, it's a lot of fun going out to the ballpark uh, to watch the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp right here in Jacksonville. They're having a good year, 54-44. and 44. They did lose Saturday night 6-3 uh, to, uh, to none other uh, than the Gwinnett Stripers from – up near Atlanta, they're from, um, they're actually known as the Gwinnett Stripers. Let's take a look at concerts in and around the area uh, in North Florida. I understand last night, you know, our good friend uh, uh, Chris Parker and his group, Psychic Deli, uh, they were playing at Atlantic Beach. And um, it's pretty exciting, actually. And um, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes, too. Also, some of the shows that are coming up. Let's take a look at some shows coming up in and around uh, North Florida. Let's see. Also, if you go to BigJReport.com and go to the Neighbors 2 section or even the Neighbors 1 section, you'll see some photos from Bonnaroo. 
Uh, our freelance writer, JC, went to Bonnaroo up in Tennessee, took some photos. It was like nearly 100 bands up there on uh, close to, I think, six stages. On six stages, nearly 100 bands, four days. That was a big event, Bonnaroo, uh, up in uh, uh, Tennessee. And JC wrote an article about it in the Neighbors 2 section at uh, BigJReport.com. Let's take a look at some concerts that are scheduled to come up. Um, Steely Dan, uh, the Steely Dan show was uh, held back on July the 20th at the um, Performing Arts Moran Center in Jacksonville, Florida, downtown Jacksonville. Uh, Ted Nugent uh, was, was in Jacksonville back on July the 16th at the Florida Theater. Uh, Pure Prairie League Firefall in Orleans at the Florida Theater. That show was back on July the 22nd. Uh, here's a show that is still coming up. Uh, this is really a cool show. When I first saw this, I said, man, this is really a cool show. I know my producer, JC, would love to go to this show. Rick Springfield. And if you're wondering what the Minute Work are doing, they're going to be in Jacksonville, too. Rick Springfield with Minute Work and also John Waite of uh, the Baby's fame. And John Waite had really just as big, if not bigger, a solo career than when he was with the Babies, to tell you the truth. So you got Rick Springfield with Minute Work, also John Waite on uh, Friday, August the 5th of 2022 at 7 o'clock p.m. at the St. Augustine, Florida Amphitheater. And also coming in September, Collective Soul at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida on September the 13th of 2022 at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Judy Collins, you might remember her for that song, Both Sides Now, that old uh, you know, classic song, Judy Collins, well-written song. That's back in that, uh, that folk, that, uh, that groovy folk genre time. Uh, Judy Collins of, of, of Both Sides Now fame. I'll just put it like that. Judy Collins of Both Sides Now fame. On September the 16th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show. I'm going to tell you about that now. The Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and it can be accessed by going to madmaxmix.weebly.com, or if you want to be a little bit more elaborate, it's uh, www.madmaxmix.weebly.com, or if you want to be simple, go to bigjreport.com, click on one of the links uh, that we provide at bigjreport.com in either the Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section. How about this show coming up? How about this one? Um, Let's see. This one was postponed a few times during the pandemic. We're expecting Ringo Starr to finally make it to the area. It is uh, Ringo Starr. Man, I love Ringo. Of course, Ringo, you know, from Beatles fame, obviously, and did the he did the Skechers uh, commercials. He sold me a pair of Skechers. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, it's Ringo Starr and his All Star Band at seven thirty p.m on September the 15th of 2022 at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. So let's hope everything works out. Ringo Starr and his all-star band. And I've seen them on YouTube. Man, it's quite a production. And they're going to be in St. Augustine, you know, right near Jacksonville. 
It's Ringo Starr and his All-Star Band at 7.30 p.m. on September the 15th of 2022 at the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine. I've seen a show there. It's, it's a good venue, the St. Augustine Amphitheater. I saw Steely Dan um, over there back eight, nine, ten years ago, back in uh, 2013, so it would have been eight or nine years ago. Uh, also, Greta Van Fleet. Also, Greta Van Fleet uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets on sale now, wherever you can find them. You know, if they're sold out at the box office at the arena, you can certainly buy tickets online. Might be a little pricier, but that's Greta Van Fleet. Also, Greta Van Fleet coming to Jacksonville, Florida. In October, on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m., tickets on sale now. Greta Van Fleet, um, let's see, Greta Van Fleet showtime and date will be on Friday, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. So those are some of the concerts and events going on. Again, going back to Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Let's see, the Shrimp actually lost that game last night on Saturday night, July the 30th. You know, the Shrimp had actually put together a three-game winning streak, I believe, prior to this loss, and that's got the record to 54-44. and 44. Uh, The Shrimp did lose to Gwinnett. It was the uh, Gwinnett Stripers 6, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 3. That game, those games being played up at Gwinnett. Uh, Sunday games in the um, International League AAA Baseball. Syracuse playing Omaha. Uh, Syracuse leading three to nothing in the second inning. Let's see Jacksonville. Hey, Jacksonville's already playing. They're in the bottom of the third inning. Uh, up at Gwinnett, it's the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp four. The Gwinnett Stripers one. That game in progress in the bottom of the third inning on a uh, Sunday afternoon. It's a Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp four and the Gwinnett Stripers won that game being played now in the bottom of the third inning Jacksonville leading Gwinnett four to one in the third inning so the very latest on triple uh, a baseball that's a look at some of uh, you know North Florida entertainment other area sports and right here on the Teal Shirt Report is we do cover you know not only uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars but North Florida entertainment and other area sports as well. That is going to do it for this particular podcast, but maybe not quite. We're going to check the, um, we are going to take a look. We are going to take a look at the uh, shout out list. Let's do that now. Shout out list. Also salute our sponsors, anchor.fm simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs in North Florida, whether you're in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, or somewhere in between or even a little bit south of our North Florida area. See Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. If you want to find their website, just go to BigJReport.com. Scroll the homepage all the way down to the 24-7 North Florida weather information. And you'll find the uh, link for Saucerility for your North Florida real estate needs. It is uh, Saucerility and Capital, whether it's uh, home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. 
in North Florida and surrounding areas. It's Saucer Realty and Capital. Also want to thank um, LakeViewFallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They have uh, Hits 2000s Monday through Friday nights. Rock Saturdays on Saturday, of course. And late at night, they do have, uh, and I will take it during the daytime, Monday through Friday, they got recognizable hits. Recognizable hits, you'll love them Monday through Friday during the workday. And then late at night, you've got uh, album tracks, deep cuts, and unique songs late at night at LakeUfallahits.com. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix Wednesday nights at madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the links to the Wednesday night internet radio music request show. On Wednesday nights, go to bigjreport.com. You'll find the link to the Mad Max Mix in our Neighbors 2 section or the outside the box uh, section at bigjreport.com as well. Hey, checking the, um, we are we are going to take a look at the shout-out list. We'll do that coming up in, in just a moment. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying tuned to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 36. Hey, we got more coming up. You know, uh, sadly, while doing this podcast, I've, I've just learned on this Sunday afternoon, July the 31st, that NBA basketball legend Bill Russell, Hall of Famers, sadly passed away. Bill Russell was 88 um, years old when he passed away. And, you know, been a lot of great people passed away the last couple of years. My dad, uh, Hank Aaron. Uh, Phil Necro, former Atlanta Braves baseball pitcher, now Bill Russell. And I never got a chance to see Bill Russell play live as a player or even on TV, um, you know, when he was a player. He was, he was before my time. He was one of those rare guys that were actually before my time. He was a great player, though. I watched the highlights, heard all the people a little bit older than me say, man, Bill Russell was a great player. He won all those NBA titles uh, with the Boston Celtics. He certainly did. Now, when I, I remember Bill Russell, when he was an analyst on the NBA game of the week, and I'm thinking it was when ABC had the NBA uh, game of the week back sometime back in the 1970s. When I, I started watching the NBA, one of the first players I, I saw play was Pete Maravich, which, um, uh, Kind of catapulted me to becoming a lifetime Atlanta Hawks fan. I will say this to my friend Miller Mark, who's a big New York Knicks fan. I was actually, for a brief time, a New York Knicks fan. Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Phil Jackson, Dave DeBusher, Bill Bradley, all those guys with the New York Knicks, late 60s, early 70s, loved watching the Knicks until I discovered a guy by the name of Pistol Pete Maravich. But I, I do remember a couple of games, and the Hawks weren't really on national TV that often on ABC or whatever network it was on. I think I think the NBA was on 
ABC, and then maybe it went to CBS with Brent Musburger a couple of years later. But I remember when Bill Russell did the color commentating, he was the analyst for whoever the play-by-play guy was. Man, Bill Russell knew basketball. I love listening to him as an analyst. And there was also a commercial just to, to tell you about how I feel about Bill Russell, even though when I was a kid, he, he had already he had already stopped playing. He went, Bill Russell played, what, in the 50s and 60s primarily in the NBA? And he, you know, when I started watching uh, college sports, pro sports, it was 1970, and Bill was already done then. He, he had already retired. I don't even know what year Bill retired, but I think it was sometime in the 60s. But, man, an incredible guy, a lot of NBA titles. As I said, he became an analyst on, I think it was ABC. And I enjoyed listening to Bill talk about basketball when he was an analyst uh, years and years ago. When I first started watching the NBA, I was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And Bill Russell was an analyst for back then, I'm sure it was called the NBA Game of the Week uh, way back in the 1970s. Bill Russell, uh, according to, uh, I think I, I first found out from Alex Nunnery in our in our BigJReport.com uh, chat, I think Alex Nunnery had mentioned it in there, and I said, oh, my goodness, did that happen today? And then I, I, I went and uh, checked some sources. Uh, I believe it's Sports Boston. I, I first saw the report. I first heard the report from Alex Nunnery, and then I saw it from Sports Boston reporting that, you know, sadly, Bill Russell has passed away. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, we got this information before we went off today because Bill Russell, true, I was not a Boston Celtics fan, but I was, in a sense, a Bill Russell fan from the days of him being an analyst for ABC. And everybody's saying, oh, he was a great player, won all these titles. I didn't know much about I didn't know much about Bob Cousy or Bill Russell, but I knew those guys won a lot of titles. There were less teams in the NBA back then. I know when I first started watching the NBA in the 1970s, I think there were 17 teams. And now what is there, close to 30 or more teams in the NBA? But Bill Russell, I'll always remember his work as an analyst in the NBA game of the week. That's kind of my recollection of uh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell um, has passed away. He's uh, He was 88 when he passed away. Sports Boston is reporting that the legendary uh, Celtics uh, center Bill Russell has sadly passed away today as of Sunday, July the 31st. He was 88 years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was 88 years old. And I repeat that Sports Boston is reporting that the legendary Celtics center Bill Russell has sadly passed away today as of Sunday, July the 31st of 2020. Bill Russell, he was 88 years old. Like I say, I never saw him play. It was really before my time, but a Hall of Famer, won a lot of NBA titles, and one of the greatest basketball players ever to play professional basketball. No doubt about that. Bill Russell, he was 88 years old. Sad to see him go.
You're listening uh, to the Tealshire Report podcast. So, again, basketball legend Bill Russell passes away. I don't really know Bill's timeline that well because, again, he played before my time. Um, it's kind of nice to say that that somebody played before my time, right? Uh, Bill Russell, he was uh, born uh, February the 12th, 1934. He was born in uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Um, Bill Russell went to college, and this is interesting. He went to college, played for the San Francisco Dons from 1953 to 1956. That's where the the new Florida basketball coaches recently coached. Um, Todd Golden, who's now the Florida Gator coach, is doing really a, a great job recruiting. He signed some or got commitments on some some good players already at, at Florida, but he coached at San Francisco. Bill Russell played at San Francisco for the San Francisco Dons from 1953 to 1956. He was a center, of course. Uh, he wore uh, number six in college, but he wore number 18 in the pros with the Boston Celtics. Um, as a player, Bill Russell played um, as a player from 1956 to 1969. Uh, he was also, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, he was actually kind of a player coach, too, for a while. As a player, Bill Russell, 1956 to 1969, as a coach from 66 to 69, which means he was a player coach. He was also a coach for the Seattle Supersonics uh, from 73 to 77. I'm thinking the time where I watched Bill Russell as an analyst was early 70s when I first started watching the NBA. So I see a timeline here where uh, Bill retired from basketball with the Celtics as a player and player coach in 1969. Can you imagine that? He was a player coach from, from uh, 66 to 69. It means he, he knew basketball, had the respect of his, his teammates, and was really a great player. He finally ended his career as a player and as a player coach in 1969. Then I think in the early 70s, when, when yours truly, my name is Scott, your host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We talk about other sports on here as well, as you know. So um, I watched Bill Russell as an analyst. It must have been the early 70s up until about 1973 when he took a job as a coach with the Seattle Supersonics and was there from uh, 73 to 77. Now, I, I don't remember this. Apparently, he was hired as a coach by the Sacramento Kings and coached in 87 and 88. I don't really remember that, but it is in the uh, it is in the Wikipedia, you know, page. And, um, you know, Bill Russell was an listen to this. Now, Bill Russell was an 11 time NBA champion. 1957. 59 through 1966, 68, and 69 as an NBA champion. He was a five-time NBA Most Valuable Player, 1958 and also 1961 through 1963 and 1965. Uh, he was an NBA All-Star, 12-time NBA All-Star from what was this, 58 through 69. NBA All-Star Game MVP in 1963, and it, it goes on and on and on. One of the greatest, I mean, there's no doubt, one of the greatest professional basketball players, Bill Russell, you put him up there near Michael Jordan, 
Larry Bird and, you know, many, many others. Bill Russell was at the top. Bill Russell, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, there's a few other guys, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, these were just, uh, you know, the guys you put on Mount Rushmore when it came to pro basketball. So, sadly, Bill Russell has passed away. We don't know really the details of his, his passing, but, again, he is 88 years old, and he's had a tremendous and lengthy and long life. Sad to see him go, though. Bill Russell was was 88 years old. So, that's some news today on Bill Russell, some of my comments on Bill Russell. And when you go to the Wikipedia page and you look at all the NBA titles, all the all-star game appearances, the MVPs, if you did not watch basketball when Bill Russell played, he was a legend. No doubt about that. want to say hello to all of our folks listening in. Larry Cole, the governor of Apopka. He's affectionately known as the governor of Apopka, the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook. Larry Cole, good friend, a good listener. He's in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. He's also a Facebook friend of ours. I want to say hello to Kent Garnett, the center of the Southern Steam uh, lead indoor football league team. Kent Garnett, longtime center in indoor and even semi-pro outdoor football. Kent Garnett, special hello to you. I want to say hello to Chris Parker. With Psychic Deli, Psychic Deli, that's the name of the group. It's hard to say a little bit. Psychic Deli, they got stuff on YouTube too, and we've also shared some of the Psychic Deli stuff on uh, our Facebook group. And we're working on an article that we're going to do on Psychic Deli. Uh, they just finished playing some a show last night in Atlantic Beach, Florida, at a really cool venue, and we'll be talking about that in the future as well. Um, Psychic Deli, um, Chris Parker and his group. Chris mainly plays keyboards, I believe. And I haven't had a chance to go see him play. I did see him play when I met those guys. They were actually playing at a store opening of, um, kind of like a convenience store without gas pumps. I'm trying to remember the name of the place, but that's going to have to come up in the article too, uh, when we finish the article. But Psychic Deli, I met those guys. It's like all of a sudden I was down there on Herschel Street and a concert broke out. It was one of those type things. So Chris Parker with Psychic Deli told me about a great place in Atlantic Beach, Florida, where they had their their show last night. Let me see if I can pull up the info on that. Uh, We'll do that right now. And, uh, of course, we're going to continue with um, the shout-out list, David Martin. A uh, long-time semi-pro outdoor football player played with the uh, Panhandle Crusaders for years. When they had a team, they didn't have a team this past year in the APDFL. David Martin gives us a lot of insight and a lot of uh, a lot of the semi-pro football scores. We depend on David Martin, one of our good listeners of the podcast. Uh, Larry Cole, again, hello to Larry Cole. Ray Jenny, one of our good listeners, and, of course, he's in our – Facebook group as well. I want to say hello to my uncle Buddy, my dad's brother, who lives up in the Gadsden, Alabama area, but he's originally from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Chris Parker with Psychic Deli. Again, a special hello to you. Mike Riggins, been under the weather, um, health, some health issues. Mike, we're praying for you and praying with you. Mike Riggins, Good member of our Facebook group and listens to the podcast as well. Ray Jenny, hello to you. Tony Lee, uh, 
Uh, Larry Cole against Kent Garnett, C.J. Foreman, David Martin, Enrique Crumbs. Enrique Crumbs, former Southern Steam football player, played with the Magnolia State Spartans of the AFA Indoor League this year. George Bowen, good listener of the podcast, and he's also George Bowen is now going to run the Southern Steam. He's been gifted the team by a former coach, Bobby Damerall, who was a former coach and owner of the Southern Steam. He's now moving into more of a league capacity where he's going to basically, you know, concentrate more on running the league, the lead indoor football league. So now George Bowen will be running the Southern Steam as their coach, their owner, and everything else. Uh, a lot of responsibilities there. And uh, George Bowen, there's even a chance he may still play some. So he may be a player, coach, and owner of the Southern Steam. I want to say hello to Jerry Brown with uh, Jaguars Let's Go, Robert Irwin with Jaguars Let's Go, uh, Miss Miss April. I believe her first name is uh, April. And April writes some, writes some good stuff in uh, Jaguars Let's Go as well. So they got a big group of guys, and, and, and even Miss April uh, in that group. Uh, I think her last name's Coward, I believe. April Coward, I believe. Uh, Jerry Brown with Jaguars Let's Go. Robert Irwin, uh, Miss April Coward. And everybody with Jaguars Let's Go, a great family of folks in there. It's a Jaguars Facebook group. And I'm in the group, too, and that's one of my favorite groups, I will tell you that. In our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, we do talk Jaguars practically every day. We're not a 100% Jaguars group. Whereas um, the thing is, we don't talk about Jaguars and nothing else because we have a lot of variety of stuff. News, sports, more sports, even weather information, music, event information as well in the BigJReport.com Facebook group. But if you're talking about just a group concentrating on mainly close to 100% Jaguars, Jaguars Let's Go is a good one. And we want to say hello to Jerry Brown, Robert Irwin, April, and everybody else in the Jaguars Let's Go group. Uh, Dominic Parks, who's even actually tried his hand at uh, doing a podcast here recently. Dominic Parks uh, played with the Southern Steam. Indoor football player Dominic Parks, good to have you uh, listening in. Comedian Miller Mark up in New York area. He's a Knicks fan, does a podcast about the New York Knicks. Why am I a New York Knicks fan? That is his podcast. Miller Mark is also a comedian up in New York. Miller Mark up in New York, one of our good friends and listeners. Uh, he listens to the uh, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So especially hello to Miller Mark up in New York, a comedian up there. And he, you know, he's... Uh, a comedian that has uh, played a lot of different uh, events and uh, venues up in the New York area. Gerald Rogers uh, from right here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Good to have Gerald Rogers listening. Good to have Gerald Rogers part of our Facebook group. Christian Inyang, in Christian Inyang, baseball player at Edward Waters College. Uh, we met Christian Inyang over at the grocery store one night and got a conversation going with him. And he is playing baseball at Edward Waters College, a baseball player. I believe he plays. I believe he plays third base actually. And uh, want to say hello to many, many other folks. Raymond Bureau, the voice of Trinity Christian High School football. Trinity Christians won back-to-back state titles, and plus they've won many other state titles in football. Raymond Bureau is the voice 
of Trinity Christian High School football. He also uh, does uh, Trinity uh, Trinity Baptist College basketball games, too. And Raymond Bureau's done some UNF games, some semi-pro football games, indoor football games. Raymond Bureau, very good announcer and a listener of our uh, podcast as well. I want to say hello to Warren and also Michael from the grocery store I go to. And um, might have, we might have just about hit everybody on the shout-out list. I want to say hello to Andy Powers, Andrew Powers from the UK that listens across the pond around the Newport, uh, Wales area, Larry Mastronakis, uh, Alex Nunry's, uh, I believe is pediatrician from many, many years ago. Also want to say hello to uh, Cooper Aspinwall, brother Cooper Aspinwall, who I had a good conversation with talking uh, sports at one of the, uh, the local uh, restaurants in the area. I want to say hello to Jack Sharkman. Randall Pogue, my classmate Mike Pate. Randall Pogue lives kind of in the Gulf part of Texas. Randall Pogue keeps us up to date with the weather wherever he is. And he travels a little bit, too, because we do check weather on the Facebook group, too, at BigJReport.com Facebook group. Rusty Kane, a classmate. Larry Saucer, a classmate and one of our sponsors at BigJReport.com with Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs throughout North Florida. That's Larry Saucer. Want to say hello to Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, and Mad Max also does the uh, the show, the Mad Max Mix Wednesday nights. It's the Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Also, want to say hello to Mary Lou Halab, Alex Nunry, and JC, our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, Bobby Eyed, hello to you, a listener. She's also in our Facebook group. Bob Martin, hello to Bob. John Naylor, who gives us a lot of good information and scores. We message back and forth uh, on, on Facebook, and he gives me a lot of good, good information about stuff about the Jaguars for our podcast, too. And, Mr. George Bowen, I salute you. You're now running You're now running the Southern Steam. I think they're going to be home base near Tampa. But, you know, for years since I've known the Southern Steam, most of their players come from uh, Florida locations and also up in Georgia. And they've been located in Jacksonville. Now they're going to be in Central Florida. They've been um, home-based in Georgia as well, Statesboro, uh, Macon. And uh, I think the Southern Steam actually, believe it or not, originated up in Pennsylvania before they made the way south. Uh, They were the Savannah Steam at one time, but now they're known as the Southern Steam. Jack Sharpman, hello to you. Tough loss for the Sharks, 68-67. to They lost in the playoffs of the National Arena League by one point. They lost to the Albany-New York Empire. The Albany-New York Empire will play the uh, Carolina Cobras, who defeated the Columbus Georgia Lions in their semifinal game of the National Arena League playoffs. Playoffs? That's right. The uh, Carolina Cobras will play the Albany-New York Empire in the National Arena League Championship game coming up in just uh, just the next few days. That's going to do it pretty much for the shout-out list today. You've been listening to the shout-out list right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm going to go back and uh, uh, check baseball, AAA baseball, on this Sunday, July the 31st. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are 54-44. and 44. Let's see if we can get an updated score on the Jumbo Shrimp playing today. They're in a, they're locked up in a pretty tight one now. We had a we actually had a 
I guess, an abbreviated score earlier. It's still The game is still going on there in the fifth inning, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 4 and the Gwinnett Stripers 3. That game is in the fifth inning. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 54-44 and 44 on the season. And now I'm seeing the game is going to the top of the sixth inning. It is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 4 and the Gwinnett Stripers 3 on this uh, Sunday afternoon, July the 31st. As you are listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Again, thank you for listening today. You've been listening to episode show number 36. Um, Jerome Bettis wore number 36, right? Jerome Bettis uh, wore number 36. And um, we also mentioned another guy that wore number 36, right? Jerome Bettis wore number 36. He did win a, um, a Super Bowl. And it was one other guy who wore number 36. Let's um, pull that information up. Bill Russell, who sadly passed away today on our 36th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Bill Russell wore number 18 for the Boston Celtics. But who wore number 36 in football? Uh, Jerome Bettis was one guy that did. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Brian Westbrook wore number 36. Jerome Bettis wore number 36. Uh, let's see. I mentioned one earlier. Now I forgot. Did I forget the guy? The guy I mentioned earlier. I did mention him earlier uh, in the podcast. Let's see. Number 36. Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis was one of the guys that wore number 36. Hmm. Number 36, Jerome Bettis. Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode number... Episode show number 36, season number three. Who wore the jersey number 36? But besides Jerome Bettis, I almost forgot. Leroy Butler from right here in Jacksonville. Played for Green Bay for a number of years. Won a Super Bowl. Leroy Butler wore number 36, and he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame with Tony Baselli on August the 6th. It's going to be really, really cool. Butler never played for the Jaguars, but he did play high school football here in Jacksonville. And uh, Leroy Butler wore number 36 with Green Bay. So we're going to honor Leroy Butler, number 36, uh, Jerome Bettis, number 36. And, of course, Tony Baselli is going to go into the Hall of Fame. He wore number 71, actually, though. I did hear back from uh, Chris Parker with Psychic Deli. He said that show went really, really good um, in in Atlantic Beach. Um which was last night on Saturday night, July the 30th. They normally play at a place called D's, a place called D's in Orange Park. Um, let's see, I asked, I said, uh, Chris, how was your show last night? He said, incredible good show. And he thanked me for asking him about it. So good show by Psychic Deli in Atlantic Beach. 
And uh, I'm even going to, I tell you what, I'm going to pull up, uh, I'm trying to remember the place. Um, and Chris really was raving about the location they were playing at. And maybe not, not maybe not everyone uh, knows the location, but we'll pull that up in a moment for you. Psychic Deli played last night. As I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, rest in peace, Bill Russell, uh, the great who anchored the Boston Celtics dynasty. Won 11 championships in 13 years. And um, rest in peace, Bill Russell. He was 88 years old. Happy birthday to George Jetson. That's right, George Jetson. He was supposed to be born July 31st of 2022. As the cartoon was done, what, back in the 1970s when I was a kid? 1980s, thereabouts? And uh, it said way back when, well, George Jetson, he's, it's a futuristic cartoon from the future. He was born in, and now he's actually born as of today, July 31st, 2022. It's one of those Hanna-Barbera cartoons, right? Um, and, you know, I was talking about how Bill Russell passed away and about how I remember him as an analyst. And he did the... Um, the NBA game of the week, I think when ABC had the game in the early 70s. And one of the guys he did the games with was Keith Jackson, who worked for ABC. Not only was, you know, Keith Jackson just an incredible college football announcer, and he's best known for his announcing of college football, Keith Jackson actually did a little bit of NBA basketball as well. And I think I think Bill might have worked with a couple of different uh uh, play-by-play guys, you know, such as Keith Jackson. So, sadly, uh, Sports Boston is reporting that the legendary Celtic center Bill Russell has sadly passed away. He was 88 years of age. Wow, here's something interesting I, I found uh, from YouTube. Tyson Campbell was quoted when he was interviewed. Tyson Campbell, the... Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback. Maybe he can play a little bit of safety, but Tyson Campbell was quoted as, I want to make the Pro Bowl this year. It was a draft pick atop the second round um, last year in 2021, but I saw that that little headline from a uh, YouTube uh, video. It says, Tyson Campbell was quoted as saying, I want to make the Pro Bowl this year. And that's great. Um Raymond Bureau in the same post said, goal number one should be helping the team win. Okay, bringing it back down to earth a little bit, uh, Raymond Bureau. Um, Tyson Campbell is a is a guy that I think, I think Urban Meyer always wanted. He recruited him and always wanted uh, Tyson Campbell to play for him at the college level. Tyson Campbell went to Georgia. He didn't play for Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer, I, I think Tyson Campbell must have been one of Urban Meyer's favorite guys that he never signed when he was a college football coach. So I think this was an Urban Meyer pick. Tyson actually played some pretty good football late in the year. He's a cornerback. Some people project him to at times maybe even be able to play safety. I know Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, had mentioned that to me last year. So Tyson Campbell. Wants to make the Pro Bowl. You know, I think that's great. I think the more Pro Bowlers the Jaguars can get on their roster, players that 
not only are high draft picks, but can become very, very good, really good football players. You know, that's certainly what it's all about. Um, Evan Ingram, pretty good tight end. Um, you know, Coach Doug Peterson likes Evan Ingram quite a bit. I think Evan might have dropped a pass or two during some training camp scrimmages. Um, you got Dan Arnold, who, you know, Coach Doug, Doug Peterson likes too. Um, according to Coach Doug Peterson of the Jaguars, he said that Dan Arnold is a sneaky tight end, kind of a sneaky tight end. What I love about tight end Dan Arnold is he can catch that pass 20 yards down the field. Got some athletic ability, you know, as a tight end. So, we'll, um, I'm going to pull up a little bit of information about Psychic Delhi. They were in Atlantic Beach. My goodness, a terrible injury for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their center got hurt. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen will be out at least a couple of months with a knee injury he suffered. And um, and that's according to, uh, you know, head coach Todd Bowles with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's always bad news. Uh, North Florida News, end of an era, I believe, the uh, Crystal Restaurant, the longtime Crystal Restaurant located on San Juan Avenue near Roosevelt Boulevard on the west side of Jacksonville. Apparently appears now that they've closed, they have, they have closed their doors, perhaps for good this time. The old crystal is all boarded up, by the way. Just, just got to have one, right? But that's, um, you know, that's sometimes a pandemic sets in. I think some crystal restaurants had um, filed for bankruptcy back in 2020, and some of them have closed down, maybe a lot of them. But that one on San Juan, uh, that one on San Juan Avenue, not too far from Roosevelt Boulevard, I mean, that was a long-time crystal that's apparently boarded up, and they're gone probably maybe for good this time. Again, I'm pulling for uh, former Jacksonville Sharks uh, linebacker fullback Zach Brown to get another ring. This time the Tipton Jordan, Georgia native is playing for the Carolina Cobras, and Zach has had a monster season in 2022 for the Carolina Cobras with at least 10 rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, and a defensive touchdown also, giving the Carolina Cobras linebacker fullback Zach Brown 14 total uh, touchdowns total on the regular season of the National Arena League. They've won their playoff game over Columbus, and the Carolina Cobras in just the next few days will be actually playing the Albany-New York Empire for the 2022 National Arena League championship and uh, the scores by the way the nal playoff scores the albany new york empire 68 the jacksonville Sharks 67 a final and a close one up in new york man home field sometimes means everything the albany new york empire won that game by one point over the jacksonville sharks Carolina Cobras up in Carolina. The Carolina Cobras, 65. The Columbus Georgia Lions, 51. The final, both of those playoff games were played on Saturday night, uh, July the 30th. Um, 
AAA baseball. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have a record currently of 54 and 54. They did lose to Gwinnett on Saturday night, 6 to 3. Gwinnett, the Gwinnett Striper 6 of Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 3, a final on Saturday night, July the 30th. We're kind of rehashing everything. Jumbo Shrimp also playing today on Sunday afternoon. We gave you like a partial score a little bit earlier. Uh, so we, right before we get out of here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast today on this episode, show number 36, uh, we'll give you a, a much further along score of that Jumbo Shrimp Gwinnett game. Jacksonville Jaguars trading, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars having their training camp at Episcopal High School uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, here in July of 2022, just across the Hart Bridge here in Jacksonville, Florida. I went by the facility, uh, snapped some pictures of the goalpost, and they got some equipment right inside the fence there. So we did snap that picture, and we put it in the Big J Report uh, Facebook group as well. Also, um, again, Psychic Deli played Atlantic Beach, Florida, at a club in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Uh, last night, in fact, on Saturday night, July the 30th, uh, Chris Parker from Psychic Deli. Psychic Deli said it went really, really good. And um, so I'm glad to hear Psychic Deli had a really, really good show in Atlantic Beach, Florida. I was going to pull up that, uh, let's see, that particular venue. Let's see, I was trying to pull up the name of that venue. Because a lot of people, uh, that's kind of an out-of-the-way kind of place that uh, that people may want to check out. They have music and a lot of good stuff at uh, you know at this uh, particular venue. I'm going to try to pull up that info on it. Um, we we did have a post on the Facebook group that was pretty good about um, best band or music group you used to watch. Again, best band or music group you. Um, used to watch in the garage, the club, or the school auditorium that never made it famous. That's a, That was a pretty good uh, uh, Facebook post in the uh, Facebook group uh, that we did have. Uh, Jaguars burning question for the day. How many wins for the Jaguars in 2022 in the 17-game regular schedule? How many wins you got for the Jaguars? Um. You know, some people, Raleigh, Raleigh Sayward in our Facebook group said the Jaguars are going to get nine wins. I'm saying eight. I'm, I'm predicting the Jaguars to go eight and nine and just fall short of the playoffs, even though the Jags should remain in contention for a wild card the last perhaps two or three weeks of the season. Raleigh Sayward, we'll have to add him to the uh, shout out list. Raleigh Sayward from our uh, BigJReport.com Facebook group. He thinks the Jaguars are going to win nine games this year. And so we got a lot of good stuff on the Facebook group. And um, again, we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast, checking out our Facebook group at BigJReport.com Facebook group. And of course, the website where it all started at BigJReport.com. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Hey, stay tuned. We'll be right back to wrap things up.
Hey, welcome back into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Now, on our next episode, we're going to get more in depth with college football with the SEC, Florida Gators, Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Crimson Tide. Maybe even talk about uh, Texas A&M and Jimbo doing the limbo, right? So we'll we'll get back into more SEC and college football on our next episode, which will be episode number thirty-seven. This, my friends, has been episode show number thirty-six. Leroy Butler, uh, really good defensive football player, uh, played for the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, is going to go into the Hall of Fame with Tony Baselli this year on August the 6th during the Hall of Fame uh, weekend. You know, up in Canton, Ohio, the Jaguars play the Raiders uh, this coming Thursday in the Hall of Fame Classic, the Hall of Fame game, Thursday night, August the 4th, kickoff at about 8 o'clock p.m., and I believe that game's televised on uh, NBC, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And by the way, uh, Chris Parker was psychic Delhi. I had, uh, I found out where they played at. I was trying, it was racking my brain to remember this place. Um, it's a, it was the cop, the show psychic Delhi played in Atlantic beach at a place called Vusoir. Vusoir is the name of the place. Uh, that they played in Saturday night, or they played at Saturday night, July the 30th at the Voussoir, which um, is a venue, kind of a off-the-track kind of venue, but apparently a lot of people like it. They have some uh, some good, really good music shows over there at the uh, Voussoir, uh Restaurant and Lounge, which is actually located, I've got to, even got the address on it here, the uh, Voussoir Restaurant and Lounge in Atlantic Beach. Uh, located about, uh, located at 51, 51 Robert Street, Atlantic Beach, Florida. And um, it says right here, when I looked it up, it says, I'm about 20 miles away <laughs> from the Boussoir Restaurant and Lounge, 20.6 miles to be exact away from there. But that's where, uh, that's where Psychic Deli uh, played a, a really good show. Uh, back on Saturday evening, well, last night, Saturday evening, back on July the 30th at the Boussoir Restaurant and Lounge. And I talked to Chris Parker with uh, Psychic Deli about this, and he told me it's an outstanding place. They've had a lot of great, really good music shows over there. Plus, apparently, they got the refreshments and um, a restaurant over there, too. So I'm going to definitely have to check that out, the Boussoir Restaurant and Lounge 51, Robert Street, Atlantic Beach, Florida, uh, 32233. They're located about 20.6 miles or just over 20 miles from where I'm located near the West Side Riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. So, again, sounds like a really, really good show. Psychic Deli on the road at Atlantic Beach at the Boussoir Restaurant and Lounge. I know they played a place called D's in Orange Park. A good bit of the time, too. Again, the guys wear number 36. Uh, Leroy Butler, who played for years for the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. And also number 36, Jerome Bettis. This has been episode show number 36, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Been a lot of fun. Looks like there could be some seismic changes coming to the NFL. It was probably one of the biggest off seasons for players changing teams 
the Jaguars picking up a lot of good free agents like wide receiver Kristen Kirk uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. They got Zay Jones, who's probably going to be a number three or number four wide receiver, but will give the Jaguars some depth at the wide receiver position. Hopefully this is the year, the third year for LaVisca Chenault. Hopefully this can be the third year of the charm that he finally kickstarts his career. Catches the passes. We don't. We, we Lavisca's got to drop the ball less and put and put it into a higher gear speed wise, because basically the wide receivers, you know, are going to be Christian Kirk because of the money that they're paying him, and he made seventy seven catches with Arizona last year. He's a catch the ball, move the chains kind of guy, more of a slot receiver, but maybe uh, Christian Kirk can develop into a number one, potentially number one wide receiver. Either that or the Jags will probably go into the draft, the NFL draft in uh, 2023, and look for a a big-time potential number one wide receiver in, I would think, the first or second round of next year's draft. But Christian Kirk's going to be on the team for a while. He signed the big free agent money contract uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your top two receivers are probably going to be Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones uh, Jr., who's still on the roster, of course as the Jaguars signed him as a free agent in 2021. Basically basically looking at for Trevor Lawrence's wide receiver group, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones Jr., probably going to be the top two guys. The number three spot is going to be a battle probably between LaVisca Chenault and Zay Jones. And you got Laquan uh, Treadwell also in there. And then you've got, uh, oh, the – you know, the undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. What's his name? Kevin Austin, I believe, right, from uh, Notre Dame. He could end up being the number six guy. You got Laquan Treadwell could be the number uh, five guy. Those could be the top. And, and the Jags actually signed another, an, uh, another receiver or two that were undrafted free agents. The training camp is going to be competitive at the wide receiver position. Kevin Austin, Jr., uh, with the Jaguars, and, you know, Kevin Austin Jr. is going to want to try to make the roster, of course. I think he can make the roster as perhaps a number five or number six wide receiver. Does Laquan Treadwell, the veteran, stick with the Jaguars? We'll see how many wide receivers they keep on the roster, but it's going to be interesting the rest of training camp. I mean, right now it looks like the top two guys are going to be Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones Jr., number 11. Um, LaVisca Chenault is going to battle, hopefully, uh, for LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver out of Colorado, now going into his third year, is that he's going to catch the ball more frequently, less drop passes, and he puts it in a higher gear. I still think LaVisca Chenault can become a star in this league. I really do. So you've got, basically, for the Jaguars, the top receivers are going to be Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault, Zay Jones, Laquan Treadwell, and probably the undrafted guy the Jaguars signed really, really quickly after the draft. When the draft ended and he was not drafted, he was scooped up by the Jaguars quickly as a higher-paid undrafted free agent. Uh, Kevin Austin, who's got a little bit of speed. I think he runs about a 4-5-40. Kevin Austin Jr., from Notre Dame. So those are going to be your top five or six wide receivers uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast this time around. This has been episode show 
number 36. We've enjoyed it. We kind of got bogged down over the last three or four days. This show's we've been putting this show together over the last three or four days. As as the future calls, we will probably be doing more podcast in less amounts of time. You, you may see shorter link. I'm sure you're going to see shorter link shows from us, but more of them. Thank you for being here, though. We're sponsored by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. Uh, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. And the Mad Max Mix. We're talking about the internet radio Wednesday night music request show. The Mad Max Mix, madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the links on our website in the Neighbors 2 page. And in the outside the box section for Mad Max and his Wednesday night internet radio, Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max, madmaxmix.weebly.com. So that's the sponsors. Want to thank all you guys for joining us. We did the shout out list a little bit earlier, too. I would suspect the next episode will be a shorter and quicker episode, but this has been episode show number 36. Our sit down visit with you for, for a while here. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott. Our producers are Alex Nunnery and also JC. Thank you guys for helping me put this uh, uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast together. Have a great day. We are expecting some seismic. We're expecting a seismic shift, at least according to some of the publications out there. They're expecting a seismic shift in the NFL with the NFL really reshaping itself with so much player movement. In the offseason, the Jaguars signed some free agents on offense, some free agents on defense. The Jags drafted, had a lot of great high draft picks, you know, including the number one overall guy in defensive end slash linebacker, Trayvon Walker. Man, it's going to be an interesting season, and we'll be right here to cover it all for you on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott, your host, and I'm out. Hey, have a great day. And again, thank you for listening. Wait a minute now. Encore. We got an encore for you on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You know, I was thinking about offensive lineman Will Richardson Jr., who is an American football offensive tackle. He's going to be a backup, but he's the guy, if you get a couple of players injured, he's the guy that's going to be playing. He can play tackle. He could probably play some guard, too. Will Richardson Jr., and an an American football offensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did re-sign him to, I believe, a one-year extension. And he played his – he was drafted originally by the Jaguars back in uh, the 2018 NFL draft. He played college football at North Carolina State. Uh, Richardson was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the fourth round. So, I mean, this is a guy that was drafted, you know, fairly, fairly high in the draft, right, in the fourth round with the 129th overall pick. Um, that's when Dave Codwell was still around drafted, when he was still the Jaguars GM uh, back way back in 2018. So it's, I mean, it's very interesting. You know, Will Richardson was with the Jaguars for four years, primarily a backup, but he did play some. He did end up playing some tackle. I think he played a little bit of guard with the Jaguars too. So he's kind of your quintessential backup, and he may not be the top backup, but he may be the top backup, perhaps, at left tackle. And then on the right side, you got um, 
you know, as we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Walker Little is, is at the moment penciled in as the right tackle starter, probably because Juwan Taylor has been bothered by a hamstring. Even though on the surface, a lot of people have talked about Walker Little taking over the right tackle position. And, and you know, and maybe even Juwan Taylor swinging over to left guard. But if the injuries hit the offensive line, man, you get a couple of key injuries in the offensive line, man, it could be a nightmare. But you do have backups that can come in and play, but you may be forced with some, you know, to play some guys that are still developing, uh, not top flight offensive linemen, but Will Richardson is one of those guys. I was just trying to check on him to make sure he was still on the roster, and obviously he is. And uh, he played with the Jaguars for four years on his rookie deal. And now he's been re-signed. I believe he was re-signed for uh, one year uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's an offensive tackle primarily. He uh, did play a little bit of guard in, I think, the first year or two as a backup with the Jaguars as well. So the Jaguars have some versatile guys. Now, the reason why we're really doing this encore is we did want to double-check the Jumbo Shrimp and their Sunday afternoon game against the Gwinnett Stripers up in Gwinnett. So we're going to try to get a little bit of an update. That game was kind of in progress when we checked it earlier. And let's see what we got. Today is uh, Sunday, July the 31st. They are now in the seventh inning. Wait a second. I might be wrong on that. I'm looking at the Syracuse-Omaha game in AAA baseball. Syracuse is winning that game 3-1 to over Omaha in the seventh inning. But we're really actually looking for the Jumbo Shrimp game. The game is now in the eighth inning. It looks like the bad guys are going to win. Uh, Gwinnett scored seven runs. Man, can you believe this? Gwinnett scored seven runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And the game is now in the eighth inning. And Gwinnett's going to win this thing today. Gwinnett has a 10-5 to lead over the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now in the eighth inning. The Gwinnett Stripers 10, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5. The game is in the eighth inning. Uh, with this loss today, you know, uh, without an incredible comeback, it looks like the Jumbo Shrimp are going to actually fall to 54 and 45. They would still be nine games over 500. But without a, uh, a miraculous comeback, it looks like Gwinnett is going to win this game at Gwinnett today. The Gwinnett Stripers 10, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5, the game being played now in the bottom of the eighth inning. So we just gave you a little bit of an update on our Teal Shirt Report podcast encore. Thank you for listening to us today. Again, a special thank you to our podcast producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I want to thank Alex Nunnery and also JC for helping us to put the podcast together. You guys have a great day. This time I'm officially out. This has been episode show number 36 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. Again, I'm out. Hey, you guys have a great week, a great day. And come back, check in with us. Uh, check back. You can listen to the podcast anytime, 24-7 at the usual platforms. You can find us. Scroll the website at bigjreport.com. Our latest podcast is actually available on the website, on the homepage. But again, we're on many, many platforms, Buzzsprout, Anchor, um, Apple, you know, uh, Google Podcast, and many, many, many other platforms. There's one called Blueberry. We're everywhere. 
wherever, just like Alex Nunnery, we're everywhere. The Teal Shirt Report podcast can be found on many platforms, but easily, probably the easiest way to access it is on our website at bigjreport.com. Just scroll the homepage just a little bit, and you'll find the latest episode always at the near the top of the homepage at bigjreport.com. That's going to do it for episode show number 36, season number three. Uh, today on this July the 31st of 2022, you guys have a great day. My name is Scott, your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, we'll be back real soon with another episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, hey, thank you for listening.